0: normalizing this idea that you can uh, be as prepared and plan your camp routine like you would a patrol base
1: Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Strong Men, up a bare class of man, and today we are comparing camp routine to patrol based routine. Our reference for today is TC three-21.76 the Ranger Handbook. And today is a special episode because we are joined today by our newest co host, Nomad.
0: Nomad, say hi. Hello everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to be here.
1: You know, as you guys know, we've been working with
0: Nomad last
1: you know, last few weeks on some projects and pet projects that we'll announce in the future. But today we want to share our continued partnership and just a solidifying of the relationship. We're really excited to have you on to share your knowledge base, to just share your, you know, your professionalism and your, your role in here. So thanks a lot, man. What are we talking about today?
0: So yeah, I think of the way to kind of kick this off because a lot of people kind of do some of this camp routine stuff and it's actually got a direct correlation to uh, almost the priorities of work within a patrol base, but some people don't really understand it or they don't even realize they're doing it. So I think for us to kind of break it down and then translate it to layman's terms would actually help the most people.
1: Yeah, sounds good. All right, so uh, a patrol base. Patrol base is a security perimeter that's set up when patrolling... A where, when a patrolling squad or a platoon halts for an extended period, should never be occupied for more than 24 hours unless you're you know, in an emergency. And as a good rule of thumb, a patrol should never use the same patrol base twice. This is used as a yeah, as a formation to avoid being uh, detected, avoid a patrol from coming under a pursuing force. Uh, it's used during uh, long, detailed reconnaissance, You use this patrol base as a tool to plan, to check on equipment, make sure you guys are eating and getting good rest, and you use this as a reorganizing, uh, re-upping point for you if you're going to be
2: infiltrating or performing consecutive operations so everybody's uh, aware this isn't one of those things where you're going to be like filling in hesco barriers and like actually building a base this is a temporary you may dig fighting positions you may not but you're going to be you're basically just laying down like that's basically all this is this is not like building a freaking base in the literal sense it's just hasty kind of thing
1: right and and it's in the name right so it's a patrolling mm-hmm. base so troll this is yeah. a you know this is a posture uh for rest for recuperation for you know maintenance for planning but it's a it's an active space you know it, it, it's purposed and we wanted to highlight the similarities like nomad said with camp routine so setting up a camp in just a civilian context because a lot of the things that you do in a patrol base a lot of things that a lot of these habits that you're building in this is very similar, if not the same as what you would do at a campsite. So Nomad, you want to dig into that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Cause arguably um, you're, campsite is your patrol base. Like we said, it's somewhere where you're going to hold up with your family. Um, You could, for an example, instead of doing patrolling, you're like, okay, hey, this is going to be our base camp and we're going to do day hikes from our base camp, essentially, right? So you're going to leave stuff there. But again, in a civilian context, yeah, you may not leave half your family there to provide security, but you may leave, you know, X or Y or Z from your vehicle because you don't really need it for that day hike, as an example, right? And you're always going to return to your campsite for rest, for recovery, for routine, all that stuff that we're talking about that you actually do cover in a patrol base.
1: Yeah. Or in a lesser sense, uh, example, I can think of when we were, when we were on a retreat with some buddies, we were passing a guy that was looking over some backpacks when we were going down to a uh, waterfall and he just yep. stayed behind to, you know, take care of the backpacks to yeah, exactly. quote unquote full security. Right. I mean, it's the, it's the same exact <laughs> was thing. patrol base. Yeah. So it's, you know, it sounds silly, and you know, we chuckle, we laugh, but there are direct correlations between what you do in a civilian context, so in a preparatory or in a relaxed context, versus you know when you're in conflict or when you're you know doing this in a in a militarized and militant you know state of mind in in that context, right? So, how would you go about, uh, or where are some correlations when setting a you know picking a site for a campsite?
0: Yeah. So again because referencing, you know, the patrol base, um, like priorities and stuff for site selection, obviously in the military context, you want it to be, you know, easily defendable. You want it to be in a less than ideal position. So the generic response that soldiers always referenced is you want it in like a swamp or somewhere terrible that the enemy's not really going to want to send a clearance patrol through. Yeah, it's going to suck for your guys, but you're going to stay alive. So on the flip side of that for... Your normal you know family camp routine I'm not gonna pick a swamp you're gonna like reverse your site selection to match um, your mission which again is you know rest recovery whatever day hikes your family's doing um, and again even in the site selection before you're actually picking it And I don't know we talked about this kind of before the recording but whenever you're doing like like a map recce before you actually pick it I know we were talking about this I do this with my family before I pick the site um, that I'm booking online for whatever campsite, I'll actually look at the site numbers and decide which site is best for what I want, right? So as an example, I personally don't want to be the closest campsite to a bathroom. Yes, if you have young kids, it's super easy, but I don't want to hear everyone else at the campsite going in and out of that bathroom all night, right? Or I don't want to be the, f- the furthest from, um, I don't know, a water source. Or if I'm doing day hikes from my quote-unquote patrol base, I don't want to be the furthest campsite from where the day hike trail is, as an example, right? And these are, again, are all the complete opposite of how you'd site um, a patrol base, but you're essentially going through the same, like, checks in the boxes, you're just reversing it.
1: Right. You know, or another example, you don't want to be the first campsite in, so you have to, you know, hear all the cars coming in, or people getting to exactly. at their campsites. <laughs> you know, you do want to be close to, you know, to war, like you're in a patrol base, but some other correlations, so you know when you're selecting a site for a patrol base you want good cover and concealment right that's for a completely different context but you don't want people looking into your campsite right so you want something with foliage something where you have privacy so all these little things you know i feel like people are doing without you know without realizing the the context of it or the correlation rather
0: yeah, and then even the site itself, I'll use as another example. So I like you brought up the, you know, offers cover and concealment. So a lot of these camp, a lot of these pre-designated campsites may not have as much, you know, uh, trees as you want. But when you're setting up where your tent's going to be for your family, you may pick a better location on that set campsite, right? Like you said, to provide cover, to provide concealment, because I don't want people looking in.
1: Yeah, or I was thinking of another example. We just had Bush Platt on, and he was talking about when he... Uh, went for a short day hike, and he just wanted to, I think, just spend the weekend out. But every potential site that he had map wrecked, and you know, he was going to bed down, everywhere that he went, there were fire ants. Oh. <laughs> and so he's going through his site selection, and he can't bed down anywhere because he's going to be completely, you know, aimed up by fire ants. So, you know, it's the it's the same exact thing. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just you're doing it in a in a non you know tactical environment now, and I know we were talking as well too. Like all, <clears throat> whenever I pull up to a campsite to again for the site selection list, I'll get out of my vehicle before I park it for where I know it's going to be held up, and I'll walk it. I'll just do essentially like you're doing a clearance patrol, like you would set up a patrol base, but I'm doing it for the campsite.
1: Yeah, but you're doing the dad
0: thing. Exactly.
1: And then we can get into priorities of
0: work. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, so again, from like the military context, right, the priorities of work, these, everyone says that they're not limited to and they may include, but honestly, they're just a laundry list that you do in a sequential order for a specific reason. Um, So I guess, yeah, the first one that everyone knows, right, is security, security of your patrol base. That's the first thing you do before anyone does anything. So you would actually set up... You know where your machine guns are going to be. You'd have sectors of fire. Uh, Your platoon commander, platoon leader would decide where they're going to have OPs, LPs. They're going to place claymores, all that good stuff, right? And the same thing when you're translating the security of your campsite to, again, your normal everyday family location. You may decide, okay, this is where we're going to have our feeding area, as an example, right? And then we're only going to eat in this one area because Mm -hmm. the security for us may be wildlife. Or, okay, we're going to set up our feeding area underneath the trees. So again, the security is we don't want to get random when we're having lunch, right? As an example.
1: Well, another thing, right, bear country, right? So all mm-hmm. of your Ugh. all your food has to be in you know bear-proof container, such and such, far away from your campsite. Uh, if you're you know what's it called, you know, like backcountry camping, right, where you don't have you know the infrastructure, you have to choose where you're going to you know use your toileting, right. Yeah, for yep. a sanitation, you can't have it close to your water source. Can't have it close to your campsite. So all that comes into play. I mean, especially with small kids, you need to make sure that they know where your claymores are set. You know, because you don't want an accident like that.
0: Yeah, and I think it again. It's just it's like these things that we're actually covering. But uh, again, if 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 you are paying attention when you're setting up your campsite for your people, you're you know you're actually doing this. Versus people think that we're like reading. You know the the patrolling handbook and, and yeah. like being a weirdo with your family. And you're like, okay, phase yes, one, no occupying the campsite. I'm like, no dude, I'm just doing it. Cause I know what's up. Yeah. Well, and set security. <laughs> well,
1: and that's what I was going to say. So in a very real way. So, you know, one of the biggest things in the military is that your security is continuous is all mm-hmm. the time. Always. You always have security and you know, people may snuff their nose at that when they think of it in a civilian context, but what do you do every day when you count your kids? When you're you yeah. make sure you're looking left and right on the side of the road, you're keeping, you know, when you have a good situational awareness, you're not looking down at your phone or down at the ground, you're up, you know, head up, eyes up, you're keeping security,
2: you know, you're, security, you're, accountability, accountability. All you're
1: watching it. over what's you and yours, right? So there's no difference there. It's all mm-hmm. the same thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, we're trying to normalize it in a, you know, a camp scenario or even again, obviously, you guys are very fortunate where you can go camping anywhere, and you probably have a firearm. But um, if you can bring a firearm, like you said, that's part of your security. You're gonna walk around your camp with a firearm for you know wildlife or whatever, and or again for for me in my situation because I can't do that, I don't just bring bear spray. Like like I'm not bringing one. I'm bringing one for every human at my campsite, and then I tell everyone in like the ground brief when we show up. I say, "Okay, if you're leaving the quote unquote patrol base, this is literally on your hip." You're not, like, having to run back here and I'm trying to save you now. This is, like, part of your security now.
2: Yeah, for sure. and it's part of that responsibility, right? By all means, bring a freaking Kodiak or Black Bear back to the freaking campsite. That would go real well. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so number two uh, priorities of work is the withdrawal plan. So uh, military context, your designated uh, signal for withdrawal, your orders, your rendezvous viewpoint, alternate patrol bases. This is no different than, you know, when you... Are you know, like you said, looking at booking campsites, and you're like, oh man, all right, that's my first choice. But if for whatever reason this campsite doesn't work, then you have another one designated, right? You have your contingencies.
0: Yeah, and then even more so within that one campsite you're at. So, like I said, for me getting out of the, the vehicle when I'm before I even let like my family out of the truck. I'm walking it, and then when I come back in the truck, I tell everyone, "Okay, this is literally like primary location to put our tents. If it doesn't work, this is an alternate." Before we even set anything up, so essentially, I'm I'm figuring out an alternate patrol base right before anyone's gotten out of the vehicle.
1: Yeah, awesome. Our third priority of work is communication, which is also continuous, right? So, in military context, communication is always maintained with higher headquarters, the ops you've set up prior, uh, your just unit at large. You're always monitoring your radio, and it's time for RTOs to conduct maintenance on radios
2: for you know, squad leader and up. Because uh, how many times has somebody, uh, especially in the military, gotten out to the field, gotten to a PB, and just dropped it? fill? Literally every time. Yeah, every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I was an RTO. I, yeah, every
1: time. Sometimes every movement. Or if you give the of the radio a thing, you just zeroize it because he doesn't know what the knob does. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't confirm. But, you know, you can you can set this Yeah, I mean so correlation, right? So when you get over to your campsite, you know, depending on you know how old your kids are, you know, what you and your family plans to do, you know, hey, this is how we're going to keep in touch with everybody. We obviously don't have cell signal here. Here's a walkie-talkie. Or Exactly here, take this whistle or, you know, whatever. You're doing everything that you would normally do as a responsible adult, you're
0: doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. um i i actually have a question in regard to this because i'm thinking of like comms windows did you guys do that as well instead of just keeping the radios on the whole time like a bunch of idiots did you guys only have comms windows where your radio was on for radio checks to save batteries like did you do no. it incorrectly no <laughs> no
1: no so we were we were never that cool <laughs> okay <laughs> no so of course we had um depending on what ranges so you guys we, would, just to, we keep
0: would have the radio on the whole time
2: well, th- think of who we were facing here. So we had encrypted comms. The Taliban yeah. didn't. There was no way they could like listen in. Yes they could zero they could they could find us technically by you know back tracing the signal if we were talking. But if we were not transmitting they could yeah, get they about couldn't it
0: figure it out. Yeah. So
2: we just kept them on. Like there was no reason for us not to. Like it no so if we were in Ukraine or Russia or something like that of yeah uh, 100% yeah. we'd be using comm windows but our we had such crap for leadership that we just didn't do that.
0: That was so never a thing. Act- so we actually did both, and that's why I bring it up. So in training, mm-hmm. we would do this BS on we're going to carry 30 batteries, like a bunch of clowns, and yeah. they just mm-hmm. burn-through batteries. But then once it got to actual operations, or again, different units have different SOPs, but it makes sense to have a calm window because now you're not burning through batteries, right? You're like, okay, yeah. the calm window is this time to this time. And I'm just bringing that up because, again, the correlation to the normal campsite, I have one of those um, Garmin GPSs that has like the ability to text and okay. I can do SOS and all that stuff. So I use the same comm window, even with the cell phone, like you were saying, whenever I get to a campsite with whoever I'm with, my family or even like a buddy, I'm like, we turn off our phones and only turn it on whenever I do a radio check with someone else, like outside of that area. So essentially I'm not burning through batteries in the same context that I would have in the military. That
1: also changed. For, we also kind of did both. So, it was more of a contingency plan. So if for whatever reason, you know, say, Hey, our vehicles went down or say, Hey, you know, this, this, or this happened. Then, you know, you would resort to, you know, your okay. windows, yeah. save battery, like you said. But no, we, we always, as a general rule, we always, um, we always stayed on stupid. It was never a last resort. We
2: did. There was one time there was one operation I was involved in where we went out and actually set up and you we were out there overnight we did do calm windows that time, but that was just because we were going to be out there for an, ex- in a period of time. And there was, unless we were checking in and there was something to report, there was no reason for us to keep our radio on at all. Okay, and there yeah, and there were times where like all of our vehicles thing.
1: were deadlined. Like we okay. got all of our vehicles <laughs> stuck on a patrol and we were told, all right, send security. We got to wait for the <laughs> trucks to come in, get us out.
2: And we were there for like how many hours, man? A uh, half minute or the time that our freaking CO wasn't paying attention and got his vehicle driven off the side of off a road in Afghanistan and it dropped and almost like paralyzed one of our gunners. <laughs> yeah. Because it landed on its side.
1: I remember I got set in that security hall and I was just sitting there and a uh, fine age male made finger guns at me. And then we got told that, <laughs> that Taliban were in the area. Oh! I was like, "Oh, that's nice." And I look over at a, a hut that was next to me, and they had like mm-hmm. a couple hundred
2: wires going from the roof, like over the door. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's nice." Yep. I, I remember that too, because as soon as like that radio call came in, because I was I was in the uh, the B doc. As soon as that radio call came in, QRF was immediately just like, "All right, let's get our shit on." Yep. And let's go stage. Yeah.
1: Great time to be alive.
0: Mm, that was fun back on top (laughs) anyway yes yeah i just think comms windows are a thing that again are overlooked because of oh yeah um, yeah i honestly i think it's complacency i think people are like oh it's fine like we'll keep it open and and that's what i mean again in in the normal everyday campsite as your routine i'm like i don't want to bring nine battery packs in my rucksack right i'm gonna turn yeah. off my phone and I'm only going to turn it yeah. on to do a radio check with whoever I'm doing a radio check with. And then I'm going to turn it off again. Well, how many people yeah. only
1: rely on their phones? <laughs> like most people, you, know, you were yeah. saying that you, yeah. you know, obviously you didn't say what trail that you're by, but you're by a uh, your really you know popular uh, trailhead, right? Where you, yeah. Live. So
0: I always bring the, I always bring the, th- the three, right. Uh, like even, even today, like before this recording today, when I went out like four miles, two miles in two miles back, I had a cell phone, a power bank in my, um, in my rock or whatever. And I had that Garmin GPS that has text messages to my girlfriend. I have SOS and it has everything. And again, I, that's part of my like pace plan. Right. But, but how many, well, people, once I got out there though, I turned it off. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. How many they people just go out there with their phone and then they're like, Oh, I don't have signal.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Most people. Yeah. Or how many people who are a little bit better than a little bit step above that, they go out and buy a, you know, here in the States they buy a Walmart radio, but then they never program it. Hmm like yeah yeah
0: you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> six raises his hand <laughs> i mean it's... it's programmed to local stuff but do you guys yeah. do walkie talkies whenever you go out with like your family seven do you bring walkie talkies at like your camp yeah yeah so we just
1: bought a yeah because uh, i do that as well yeah, we just bought a blister pack yeah. of radios like it's like six i think it's like FMR, fmrs radios just little you know five channel ones and yeah. they actually have decent enough range i don't care if they break yeah they do so yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's just I do the nice same about, thing with my family. Yeah, it's just nice around the camp because you know, if you don't have line of sight at somebody, you can, yeah. and, you know, there
2: you go. Yeah. Or what? And then five it, miles on those things?
0: Yeah. It, like, it depends, like depending yeah. on the elevation. But, yeah, like line of sight for yeah. most of them. But honestly, like we keep saying, we're, we're trying to normalize. This whole topic, and like we like we keep yeah. saying, build a better class of man. So if you're able to do this with your kids, and your kids become older, they think it's totally cool. They think it's sweet to like have radios and do radio checks. Well, they think it's awesome. Well, and they shame their friends. Oh, what? You don't guys <laughs> don't have radios? Yeah, <laughs> you Life. guys don't do radio checks with your dad every hour on the hour, and you don't have cool call signs? <laughs> you didn't give your dad a Gatwa? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, I, I am a sh- shameless victim of that. Both my children know a Gatwa. Like they give me that whenever we're like at a mall and we separate. They know what a got was. Dude, it, it, There's so. nothing wrong with that though. And, and, no. But isn't that how it's supposed to be? Like, imagine if everybody oh, did that. Like Oh crazy. There would be no there would be no need for this podcast. We would be out of like a job if, if everyone did that, we wouldn't have to share this information. That's the dream, man. I'm that I'm working is, to yeah. get myself
1: out of a job. Like, mm-hmm. right. If if we raise the standard that much, I'll gladly be done. You know, yeah, yes. if
0: every person I see in the back country has walkie-talkies and their eight-year-old knows a Godwa, I will applaud them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So... But they don't. So here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And we'll be here for a while, sadly enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, number four in our priorities are work. So mission preparation and planning. So military context, you plan, you issue your orders, you rehearse, you inspect, prepare for future missions what are you doing when you get to a campsite and you say, Hey guys, what are we doing today?
0: You're exactly, you're essentially going through that, that stage right there. Just in layman's terms, you're not being a weirdo going through, you know, met C, but yeah, you're going through that orders format. Or like we said, you're planning tomorrow's activities, even with your family, right? Say, Hey, this is what time we're getting up tomorrow or, you know, if you're super chill, you can say, okay, no later than this timing will we get up tomorrow because we have to do, you know, this hike or, planning or whatever f- we're doing. For,
1: well, you know, what food are we going to eat today, tomorrow? You mm-hmm. know, we're yeah, meal exactly. plans, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five, weapon and equipment maintenance. So uh, you're maintaining your weapon systems, your communication equipment, night vision devices, other equipment. uh, at no point are less than a third or 33% of your equipment uh, disassembled, just as a as a rule of thumb. And then weapons are never
0: disassembled at night. So I like oh that God. you brought that up, because my military did not do that. We did a field strip at night.
1: That's painful.
0: Of everything. Machine guns? Did anybody lose a firing pin? You know they did. Oh, all the time. All the time, dude. God, all the time. I'm serious. But we did that all the time, a field strip, not a detailed a field, because, and that was their argument. They said, well, we're in the field. We can field strip. And again, no. in, the, in the in the military context of this, if you're field stripping your, um, your platoon support weapon system, now you're no longer at 33% of stand two. You're at like 50 because you need dudes cleaning the guns and you need dudes on security. So that whole rest and recoup thing, like we joked about earlier, it always got pushed to the side in the patrol base context, right? It was never a thing we got.
1: Yeah. Well, if you're going to be stupid about it, I mean, it takes, you know, to do it quickly, it takes two or three guys to yes, strip down a 240. Like, mm-hmm. and then if you have the one private who, you know, strips out his firing pin, retaining pin, or his, what's the, <laughs> is it the cam pin? What's the pin that, The uh, cam pin. The cam pin's yeah, on the one that's cam that, cam that everyone loses. The cam pin. They knew my yes. existence. I yep. was the platoon armorer, and I hated my life the whole time because everyone loses every that. new guy loses that and hat. then he looks like yeah. like what are we gonna do i'm like you're not gonna do anything because you don't have a gun anymore <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i don't know what i like i told you not to do it man like when i say yeah. field strip shotgun it throw some loo in it yeah and close throw the stupid thing in. like no i really the like not be the, okay. that you
0: guys brought that up that you brought up you will not disassemble at night because again yeah. The, the very few Canadians who listen to this who were, are wearing that uniform, they'll know that, like, we don't do that. I'm like, yeah, because we're not intelligent force. We have field-stripped weapons in the dark, and people lose them.
1: So what's the equivalent equivalency at a
0: campsite? Um, so, again, it would just be whatever normal equipment you have. And I wouldn't even say the maintenance of it. So the way – okay, I'll take it in the context of, like, your front country camping, so, like, buy your vehicle and stuff with your family – it would be you're putting your tools and your equipment. So even like your axe, you're placing it in the same spot every time because there's nothing more frustrating than you're asking kid one or kid two, where the hell is the axe? Because it wasn't placed back in that position. Right. Right. As an example.
1: Or, or checking batteries. You know, we're talking about, you know, little Walmart yeah. radios. You mm-hmm. know, make sure to check your batteries, keep extra batteries on hand. You know, we're talking about the yeah. axe, you know, oil, a
0: whetstone,
1: just, yeah. G- you know, general simple stuff.
0: The other thing that I that I do, again, in a normal routine, and again, this is not done in a patrol base in the military context. We would do it in, like, fobs and stuff, and I, I know you guys do it as well. You have your stupid fire point. I do that when I camp as well. I set okay. up a fire point, and I bring a fire extinguisher. So then everyone in my campsite knows if anything happens, that's where you go to. Yeah. Yeah, we never had fires, ever. No, no. Like, we never had <laughs> fires. It was just, we had a fire point and, like, a fob in case there was a fire. It was, like, this, this okay. location okay. had, like, a gotcha. fire extinguisher in oh, like, a, shit. like so, evacuation. Sorry. Okay. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. that, that's, that's where sorry. we put all of our,
2: like, jugs of water and stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, but we called it a fire point, and it was literally, okay. there was, like, a stupid extinguisher. There was, like, even a bucket with sand. And, that um, makes like sense. Like, again, in Canada. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't overseas. We obviously didn't do that. I just mean, in any training context, we would do that. Not in a mm-hmm. patrol base, in, like, a fob, but... I do sense. the same thing at a campsite. I bring a fire extinguisher. I bring, um. I don't bring a bucket with sand, but I have a shovel and, you know, whatever other stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. So I guess that would fall under, yeah, the maintenance and stuff too. Right. And and like you said, chicken batteries for anything like your, you know, headlamps, flashlights. But again, if you had proper, um you know, field craft prior to going out, you'd have full headlamp or full batteries on your headlamps before you even got camping. PCC's, ideally. PCI's. PCIs, yep. exactly. PCIs, yep. I'm such a exactly. nerd, it hurts.
1: Okay, number six, <laughs> water resupply. Jesus. Organize mm. watering parties as needed. So your watering party normally carries empty canteens in a rucksack. Uh, of course, before they leave, you ensure communication and a contingency plan for them before they depart.
2: Anagatla.
1: Gotla. Yeah, um But, you know, at a campsite, you need water too, so
0: yeah so it's it's honestly no different you're gonna have a water um almost like a water point point. and the, again like that's how i've done it we bring um jerry cans or two refill said jerry cans for me and what like i do when i'm typically outside i bring those big water bladders that have like the gravity bladders so you guys know what i'm talking yeah. about that's what i'll bring yeah And so like i have two i have a dirty bag and a clean bag and i bring that with my vehicle and i have two jerry cans because i have four people in my family so that's how i do it goodness that's a lot of water <laughs> Do you or, uh, When you do
2: set these camping points, do you try to stay as close to like a stream or pond as possible so that you have a consistent water point?
0: Yeah, so I usually pick that. Again, that's in like my site selection. And a lot of the campsites, again, for front country, like we won't say back country because back country, there's usually always water. But even front country sites in Canada, either provincially or nationally, there's usually a water source there. But I will try and pick, like you said, I'll try and pick a site that's closer to water and I'd rather be further from the bathroom. Like seven said, and I'd rather be further from the front, the very first site, for the same reason seven said. I don't want people driving in and out, so that
2: makes sense. Yeah, smart. Plus, you don't want to be smelling somebody's
0: all night. Yeah, smart. So, and again, that's just in the the way that I plan it. But yeah, the water plan, just like we said, it's no different than the patrol base. You're just you're normalizing it, and again. For, for most people when they're camping, that's not like the food thing where you need to like store your food out. Like, I'll leave my water out the whole time I'm there, but if I leave the campsite, then I'm taking the water with me and I put it in my vehicle, right? Even if I'm doing a day hike, I won't leave my water point unattended.
1: And then last on the list uh, is mess plan. However, there's a lot that falls under this, so we're going to break up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But specifically for the mess plan, at a minimum, your security and weapons maintenance is performed prior to this. Right. So your equipment, your security, everything needs to be handled before anybody can eat. Uh, no more than half of your doozle eat at a given time. And then you're supposed to eat one to three meters behind whatever firing position you've been set into.
0: Did you guys actually do that, though, realistically? Or would you guys just eat in your hole? I
1: was eating it right on my gun. Depends on yeah, every me, time. I did that depends too. on how yeah. gun and co
0: your team leader was. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then would you guys eat, like, would you break up the fire team? Like, that's how you would yes. eat? Like, ha- yeah. l- like one fire team would eat or, like, half the fire team would eat? Yeah, so you'd be in your body team. So then, you know, one guy eats okay. and you switch on the gun. And the other guy covers. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's the same, same thing Same thing with yeah. you do with changing your socks. Yeah, it's 50%. Yeah. yeah, 50%. Okay. This week's episode is brought to you by FieldSeats.com. FieldSeats.com is an e-commerce, federally licensed firearms dealer. They provide virtual reviews on brand new firearms and at the end of the review, they give away the firearm being reviewed to a lucky attendee. Each item reviewed is given away for free as part of their promotion for purchasing what they call a field review. Currently, they've got field reviews up ranging from $20 for a brand new Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 2.0 to $65 for a new Galil Ace Gen 2 each review is limited to around 38 people so your chance of winning the giveaway are so much higher use code strongmen to receive 10% off your entire purchase at fieldseats.com be sure to check out their Instagram and Twitter at fieldseats if you want to go ahead and give them a follow and see what future items they have coming down the pipe thanks for your attention and let's get on with this next episode
1: all right, and then in a camp context for a mess plan, that is obviously different if you have children. Yes. Because your children are not going to wait for you to get everything done before they eat.
0: No, but you can almost double down in what we're saying where, um, again, if you broke down the adults in your campsite, they're doing the other right. stuff in your patrol base routine. And then the other adult is in charge of the mess plan, if that makes sense. And that's yeah. kind of how I did yeah. it whenever my children were younger. That, that's how I would do it
1: yeah that makes sense right so share the responsibility Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and then you can kind of break it up as you see fit but um and again even if you don't have children and you're setting up your your normal uh, campsite routine your mess plan is going to be in a different order but i think it's i think it's good to highlight it because i know i was actually having this discussion today with my with my oldest about how a lot of people when they go camping they're like super dirt squirrels and i I told them i saw this in the military in patrol based routine dudes were not performing hygiene because it's so on the yeah. bottom of the list, they're like, "I want to sleep." Dudes would skip it.
1: Yeah, not good.
0: That's we, not good, We'd have dudes no. so
1: we were uh, so we worked with vehicles sometimes, and we'd have you know whatever dude was the driver, you know he'd be in his little hole with you know all his snacks, all his hygiene, everything, and you know sometimes you wouldn't see him all day, and it's like that's that's not great, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So. You know, hygiene and that sort of thing, just from a medical, from a medical standpoint, will will get you worse than anything. One hundred percent. You know, if you if you don't take care of your feet, mm-hmm. like oh. I I've seen some nasty nonsense that could have been easily avoided. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like I'd see a lot of dudes take care of their feet, but they would skip on like um, what we call it bird bath, and I'm sure you got, you guys called the same thing, right? Oh, bird baths. yeah. Okay, yeah. so. If yep. you were to actually do it properly, because I think that like this is an important topic to bring up, and I'll reference the British military because they do it extremely well. It's super ingrained in their patrol base routine. Um, they actually like boil water within their battle buddies and get hot water and birdbath properly, and they're boiling that water while they're eating, so it's in that time frame. They're actually banging out both at I mean, the same time. That's smart. Which again, we we yeah, didn't smart. do that here. We were super lazy in some units. Other units um we did do that and it was it was just very different but again in the normal context of with your family when i was talking about this today with like my oldest i was saying yeah after we eat you totally could boil water and birdbath because i've done it camping with them and they thought i was weird when i first started doing it. i'm like yeah but i'm going to sleep now and i'm clean because yeah. we've been hiking right and like you said it's, huge. it's, it's a huge hygiene it's thing right
1: Well, and you know, think about if you if you don't do hygiene before you go to bed, whatever sleeping bag, whatever sleep system you're in, yes, you're dirty, it's just yeah, covered in that filth, and you're Mm -hmm. just sandwiched in all that,
0: yeah, and then
1: depending on how many days you're you're there for days, weeks, I mean,
0: no, this actually leads into the conversation we the three of us were having like offline way before about. I had asked you guys um, how much clothing are you carrying in your ruck when you guys were patrolling. So again, stealing from right. the British, yeah. Yeah. we did wet and cold ru- or wet and dry routine to literally mimic this. So all my wet stuff I'm wearing during the day in the patrol base, I'm birdbathing, feeding myself, changing into my one set of full uniform that's clean, and I'm going to bed in that. And I do the same thing when I camp again with my family or with anyone else. I have clothing that I wear all day hiking, and then I have like camp clothes is what I call it, and I only put it on after I birdbathed. And then you switch in that in the morning. Yeah, I'm putting back on anything. the dirty stuff again in the morning. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because that way, that way huh. I can last fourteen days with way less clothing than other people are bringing. The only thing I'm changing is socks and underwear accordingly to what I need. But my what shirt, if my the pants, it gets wet? So I'd leave it out at night to dry. That's huh. and we did, and oh, we did no. the same thing in the military. That that's how guys were able to last longer with less stuff. But again. I'm bringing in the context, and again, because this is our first episode where I'm I'm now part of this conversation, I was not from an armored infantry or a mechanized unit, right? I had no, like, vehicle. I had no support. I lived out of a rucksack. So I had to do more with less, and that, that was just the SOP that we did. And it's from the Brits. I'm just really mad that I'm learning about this in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right.
2: Same. <laughs> I feel really, really dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, like, these are all things, again, that, um, you know the like UK homies listening, they're looking to laugh and be like, "Yeah, hey, we've been doing that since the sixties. I'm like, yeah. Cause you guys understand good, you know, field graft. you know, how to like have, you know, mm-hmm. wet. And well, dry I think routine. it's going to,
1: I think it's going to lend itself, uh, to more people in the future. Mm-hmm. That kind of mentality, you know, headspace, right. Mentality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So moving on, uh, one of the tick marks, rest and sleep plan management. So, uh, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, like 50%, 50 up. So, you know, if your buddy teams, one guy sleeping, one guy's, you know, waking for, you know, whatever shifts you've designated, uh, if not sleeping, then, you know, just, you know, resting, getting off the gun, you know, letting your eyes rest.
0: Yeah. And would you guys, virtual. would you guys be at 50% all the time or no? Would you guys, or sorry, you guys would drop to no, 33% no. at night?
1: Yeah. The lo- yeah. the lowest we would drop is 33% if we were at an altered or a high
0: sense uh, of alertness, we'd be up to 50, 50 and then yeah. stand to, of course. Yeah. Okay. But you guys only drop to 33 and then like a third of your force is able to, um, or two thirds of your force are is able to sleep.
1: Right. Exactly. Yep.
0: Okay. And then again, if we translated that to your normal campaign, you're probably not going to want to keep people in your party awake. But like we said, if you could, you could reverse it though and be like, mm-hmm. okay, me as the parent, I'm going to go to bed last kind of thing. Right. Cause I'm going to do, uh, you know, like a clearance patrol of the campsite. I'm going to make sure everything's secure. I'm going to make sure there's no animals around. I'm going to make sure everything's tied down, everything's put away. All the foods all out. All the foods out, yeah. all that stuff. So again, in the reverse context to the military, if you're a team leader, squad leader, platoon leader, you're you should be getting sleep last. If you're an actual leader in that position, you should not be that dude racked out first. 100%. Yep. Well, sleep last, eat Exactly.
1: Past. I was going to say that's, you know, that's a really easy way to tell who the rulers are, is, you know, when they eat mm-hmm. and when they sleep.
0: Yeah, or even like the shifts, and I, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you guys. How would you guys do? So whenever you're doing like, like, like um, the actual shift routine for the night, like who's manning whatever cardinal points in the patrol base, would you guys? I would hope you included team leaders and squad leaders in that rotation, or did they did they get skipped?
1: Uh, once again, depends on depends on the unit. You, know, you have a leader or not? <laughs> yeah, okay. But when I was yeah, so when I was a leader, I'd always take the worst shift. I did that too. Just because I know that my guys are gonna be having a really rough time. Yeah. So
0: yeah, and then um, one of my first leaders that I had, he took two shifts, and he took the worst and the last. So he mm-hmm. was the first one up, and he could yes. help them. And I I started to do that too. I got less sleep, but it it like made sense.
1: Yeah, it's smart because I've been on you know in squads where me and my other team leader were taking two or three shifts at night. Yes, because our squad leader. Wanted oh wanted to
0: sleep yeah classic <laughs> you know so yeah,
1: yeah. You know, i've had i've had really good leaders i've had really really poor leaders but you know it teaches you a lot
0: yeah so and then exactly in the context of you're just you know out of campsite with your buddies or your family um for me i'm gonna you know be the last one to go to bed and I'll be the first one up so it's the same thing as being right. that team leader right yeah
1: and yeah. you know your leaders will you know dictate the uh the alert plan and stand two right yeah so your lower posture. You
0: said that you guys went down to twenty-five. 25. Yeah, we never did thirty-three. It was twenty-five percent, fifty, and hundred, just like you guys. But we only did hundred if it was a stand-two. Right. So same with us. So
1: twenty-five or thirty-three percent. You had your fifty percent, and then stand-two. Stand-two was, you know, always you know dusk or dawn, thirty minutes before. I think like thirty before, or thirty
0: after. We did it an hour before and an hour after. It sucked. Okay, it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> you got rough. even less sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did an hour. Yeah, before. goodness. Yeah. No.
1: Dusk and dawns when the French and Indians yep. attacked. <laughs> yep. Guys, I literally just talked about this in my Ranger Handbook
0: class. Yes. Because we, because we, yeah, sure. yes, we did that episode that I listened to this morning was literally referencing a lot of the stuff from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: The, I mean, the basics are the basics for a reason, man. And what do you always say, nomad?
0: Advanced training is the perfect execution of the basics under duress. That's it.
1: All right. So during this time, you know, during your stand to
0: during your, you know,
1: different alert postures, your leaders are going in and checking the different positions periodically. Uh, you're making sure that your OPs are relieved and, you know, just as a, as a rule, it should be you know pretty common sense. At least one leader's alert at all times.
2: As a rule.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. a rule.
2: Yeah. I mean, you got to have some kind of leadership on, on station yeah. at any time during any shift. Always. And,
1: you know, Bring this to campsite routine you know you should always be able to reach mom or dad exactly right yeah so
0: um and then yeah what else we got so resupply i guess and like we said it would be no different than what you're doing your campsite anyway just like you mentioned earlier with like your feeding plan it's the super easy one you're like okay what are we eating tomorrow you're talking to mom like hey what are we eating for tomorrow's breakfast what are we planning what are we taking out um how's our water right how's how's whatever other like equipment we have
1: yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. assume, you know, checking your kids' boots. Are we taking the canoe? And, you know, mm-hmm. get that unloaded. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Headlamp batteries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for uh, you know, for dudes that are blessed to live in the states, if you're on a hunting trip, you know, you're cross-loading ammunition because you should be carrying the same ammunition. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, you're foolish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm that one weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and you make it harder for
0: literally everyone else. Oh God. I would argue it's even the same with batteries. Like headlamp brands have different size batteries. Yeah, right? it's true because some thing. of them are AAA. Most of them, like a I lot didn't, of good brands, I didn't learn about, but then I didn't other learn ones about
1: are 18650s. Till I hopped on IG.
0: Yeah, right. And then other ones are, are different, Jesus. different brands of or different size. Sorry, of uh, batteries. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, that's all things you can take in your resupply plan. On okay, what do I need for tomorrow? For batteries or whatever. Exactly. Um, we also put glow I mean, sticks out too. That's what I do when I camp. Like just with my family, just like you would mark cardinal points on a patrol base. I put glow sticks. So like they know where like the point is at night for like, you know, That's boys smart. in the group. I'm like you don't need to go to the bathroom at night. Here's the P point. And then I'll mark the fire point as well. Like I said, where's the fire extinguisher? We would do that with uh
1: with our tents. Yeah. Like the, the tent. Uh,
0: the actual tent the guidelines. Lines the... Yeah. You guys would put yeah, like yeah. The, the glow stick. Yeah. On there, mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: You're right. Eating crap in the dark, tripping over
2: things. Yeah, and then
0: I do the same thing, but I would just pre mark glow sticks on other points as well at the campsite, right? Especially if it's big. Like I said, the point's a big one uh, where the fire point is, where the food may be, or where the food was, or whatever, or the feeding area. Be like, hey, if you're going to munch, you got to eat over here, kind of thing. Right. That's smart. Yeah. So, a general question, though, not related to
2: this. Do you, uh, when you go out camping, do you happen to set like uh, trip wires for like early warning if like an animal is coming through? So you know at least something so there. So I've,
0: I've done it before, depending on the site, but now I have two dogs and they're my early warning. And I, and I had done the tripwire thing before, but when my one dog was a puppy, he would just get tangled every time I'd take him out of my tent. So I'm like, yeah. it's not even worth it. So I'm like, he's like That's my early fair. warning, but I could definitely see the benefit of that. Especially again, I don't have a firearm when I'm out. So yeah. I'm like limited so to. with like trip bars with like noisemakers yeah. or flares or something. Yeah, like that. for sure. But, um, no, I, I used to before, but now that I, I have two dogs that are like hundred pounds and my one, the, the male dog's a psycho. Like he hears anything and he's freaking out. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's on like defensive mode. Is, yeah. All the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's great energy. Yeah. Especially with like kids. Right. Did you guys know like animals with kids, they're like extra alert. They're, and it's awesome bringing yeah. dogs out mm-hmm. camping. Those like those guys could be your fifty percent all the time stand too. You could sleep and your dog's oh, yeah. ready to go. So they are, yeah, they are.
1: I mean, and that's the thing. You know, we rely so heavily on on sight. Mm-hmm. Just as a species for dogs, it's almost a complete opposite. They rely on their nose. Yeah, they rely on smell for everything. Or their hearing. hearing. Their hearing's like way oh, yeah, better hearing. than ours. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah and then obviously if we're talking in the military context um some units do have dogs with them but they have muzzles on them when they're in the patrol base because you don't want the dog going crazy but again Mm. in a normal conventional side you might not have a dog with you but we 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 did do stuff with dogs but we had like dog handlers and they were like attached to us but they had a muzzle on them for that exact reason the patrol base to keep them quiet but
2: we we did too but they did not have (laughs) they were terrifying Bork fork nom nom Uh, yeah, we stole some... Good old Belgians. We stole some puppies in
0: Afghanistan. Yeah, we did. We mascots. Yeah, we, we did that too.
1: <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. And then, last but not least, obviously, please don't let this be the least of what you do. Sanitation and personal yeah. hygiene. Yes. So, your leaders and mechs, they'll prepare and mark a slit trench, you know, where you'll you know, urinate and defecate. Yeah. Uh, You'll know, brush teeth wash face hands armpits groin feet and as with anything you will leave no trace so leave no trash behind in the civilian context it's pretty easy right so mom and dad will tell you where to pee or poop make sure that their kids brush their teeth you're washed you know something that you know isn't as focused on in just you know normal day-to-day life which you know should probably changes you know your feet yes you know because that's often overlooked. You know, you get these twelve year old, you know, thirteen year old boys with, you know, nasty, you know, athletes' feet. You know, that could be easily avoided. Just uh dirty, you know, check on dirty your people. Kids. Mm-hmm. Dirty children. Um and then, <laughs> you know, it's the you know, leave no trace, that's the campfire rule, right? You know, leave the campsite uh better than you found
0: it. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 cold. Yeah. And then obviously right for the patrol base you want to leave no indication that you were ever even there. And the same thing for the campsite. Yeah, right. I think this topic is like a good strong point where, again, we're blending the two aspects, right, between the tactical slash conflict to the preparation slash peaceful side and kind of normalizing this idea that you can uh, be as prepared and plan your camp routine like you would a patrol base. Yeah, 100%, you know, and we,
1: you know, our mission statement to trim bear a class of man, right, so we're trying to blur the lines here as much as we can safely do, right, so this shouldn't be anything new to anybody, this shouldn't be groundbreaking stuff, because you're doing it anyways, so just kind of, you know, like you said, demystifying it and putting a name to the stuff that people are already doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, again, now... Now that the three of us actually have it out there for people to reference, it's essentially we're, we're calling camp routine, patrol-based routine. There's no difference. We're just changing the mm-hmm. terminology. Yeah, and you know your priorities are different depending on what context you're in. But again, you still have a checklist you're going through. And, uh, and then, yeah, even... And I guess another way to kind of close it out and explain it, and we talked about this as well when we were talking about different units and different, like different SOPs or different leaders. If you have a really squared away platoon, your patrol base, like occupation and routine is so smooth. So just like when you're camping, if you camp with the same set of guys or your family knows what has to happen for camp routine, it's so easy,
2: right? There's no... Yeah, it comes down to repetition. It comes down to practice.
0: Exactly. And
1: like this becomes your SOP. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. I was just going to say you posted that, um, that post on IG, you know, building, you know, building good habits, right? Yes,
0: exactly. So like this becomes habitual for everyone in your group. So again, referencing back to the very first step of it, of, you know, um, establishing your patrol base or citing your campsite. I'm like people in my vehicle know, okay, we don't even get out yet. He's going to confirm it's clear. And then everyone in my vehicle has a job, but again, I've, I've got older kids and stuff, but Everyone knows their job in the, forming the patrol base. Just like we said, if you were forming a patrol base, those squad leaders know their jobs, right? The support element knows what it's doing. The guys sent out the OPs and LPs know what they're doing. The guys manning the Cardinal points do, you're going to set up a clearance patrol, all that stuff we talked about. You can totally transfer this to camp routine. and just normalize right. it. You don't have to be weird about it.
1: All right. So if you're still here, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope that you can put this into practice and, we hope that you're helping to push the boundaries and uh, normalize all this stuff and you know to tramp a bear class of man. This is hard time strongman with your host six, seven, and nomadic fieldcraft. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay in the fight.